Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers for DC. Welcome to the Echo Chamber PR show. This is Arun Sudhaman from The Homes Report, and we are joined today by Jim Hawker, who is the co-founder and CEO of 3Pipe. Jim, welcome. Thank you very much, Arun. Pleased to be here. So Jim's interesting for a number of reasons, but in terms of your agency, you merged 3Pipe, which I think probably it's fair to say began life as a fairly conventional public relations agency. Um, yeah. You merged in 2012 with a digital marketing agency called Blowfish, is that correct? That's right, yes. Um, and also of note, very recently, just last month, you acquired a SEO agency, um, which is maybe not the first time a PR agency has acquired an SEO agency. I think there's been a couple of similar moves in the US, quite possibly the first time in the UK, though, um, which is a surprise because people have been talking about PR and SEO as bedfellows for a number of years now. Um, why do you think there hasn't been the investment to to back up that claim? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think um, I think what we have done is is significant in the UK market, and I think it was a surprise to us that actually um, no PR agency had acquired an SEO agency rather than just potentially hiring an SEO specialist uh, as part of the team. So, I mean, we did look back. I couldn't find any evidence of it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think well, I think it's possibly because it's quite misunderstood um, and that PR people can talk quite freely about um, SEO um, from a sort of a top line perspective, but don't necessarily have the depth of information um, to really understand how to work with it or or even to um, how to go about sort of acquiring an, an, an SEO agency because um it's it's there are it's it's sort of almost, almost like the dark arts to some extent mm-hmm. and um i think you know i think one of the reasons why pr has kind of avoided it is because the language is different and it's a very different sort of skill sets within the actually agency agency world from an seo perspective and you can actually see pr is kind of spread out in different directions but has actually sort of avoided seo which is surprising it is surprising not least because of the size of the seo market um, I've seen various numbers bandied around, but all of them are, are big. I mean, I think in the UK alone, it, it's, um, uh, I don't know if it's bigger than the PR market, but, but definitely big enough to make you think, well, why aren't, why aren't PR firms getting more involved in this? If we, go, if we rewind a little bit, perhaps you can tell us why, um, you know, to begin with, uh, perhaps maybe for someone who, who, who's listening to this and asking, well, well, why should public relations people be concerned at all about SEO? Mm, well, I mean, just anecdotally over the last few years, the, the meetings I'm having with, with clients and especially for from e-commerce um, based clients is that um, the SEO departments are growing very, very fast and probably faster than the than the PR teams um, in-house. Um, and actually we have, as an agency, been seeing lots of briefs actually coming to us that actually not from the PR uh, team, but actually from the SEO team. 
Um, and actually often these briefs are put together without the cooperation or even the knowledge sometimes of the in-house PR team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is, this is um, interesting, but also uh, I think a potential threat to, to the PR world because the way that SEO is changing, the way that SEO um, performance is being generated by earning links from high domain authority sites means that there's a need to um, uh, have a much more sort of content-led approach to SEO to actually drive that link, those links back to the site from relevant from relevant content within those high domain sites. Mm. And often that means engaging with what we would call sort of tier one media. Mm. And so you're seeing a lot of the SEO teams actually pitching now to editorial media, mm. um, actually with 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 little sort of coordination from with the in in-house PR team as well mm. or the agency that they might be employing. So often you're in the situation where I've gone to meetings and I've had um, with uh, in-house PRs and I said, oh, I love that campaign you did. You know, great content, you know, generated great awareness and really stood out. And they go, well, actually, that was nothing to do with us. That was the SEO team that actually put that together. Mm. And, um, and and I'm like, wow, this is, this is, this is a crazy situation. We're actually the most, in some cases, the more impactful work I've been seeing by some of the brands I've been meeting has actually been driven by the SEO teams and not by the PR teams at all. Yeah, that is interesting. And of course, that, in a way, you've, you've just kind of, I suppose, indicated where public relations firms come in, you know, traditionally um, viewed as, as, as the conduit between uh, a company and um, its kind of, you know, its, its editorial and, and content output. The interesting thing here also is that when... I first started talking to public relations firms about SEO. Uh, it was, as you said, very top line. And there was a feeling that rather than um, you know, buying an SEO agency or even hiring SEO specialists, that search could be addressed naturally and organically purely by focusing on editorial and content and the things that public relations agencies have, have or at least should have, always been good mm. at um yeah. presumably you think that's not enough no i don't i don't think it is enough um and often i think the seo benefits that pr agencies are creating on behalf of clients is actually more by accident than by design mm -hmm. and i think the, the the huge missed opportunity is to actually squeeze as much value out of the content and the editorial coverage that uh, agencies are achieving for clients by also demonstrating not just an awareness and messaging and reputational benefit, but an, a, a search benefit, a, a, a linking benefit, an SEO impact that the business can actually understand and value in commercial terms as well as reputational terms. Mm -hmm. And um, often I think um, PRs are creating campaigns, but without thinking through that in as much detail in the planning stages, whether that's understanding uh, search uh, in terms of trends around sort of content opportunities that could be created as part of the PR campaign outputs, but also in terms of not just um, how you create that content, but also how then you distribute it and measure the impact mm. of it. And yeah. um, I think that's that's been a sort of a, a bit of a, a weakness really from a PR perspective where, you know, we certainly um, see, you know, PR budgets flatlining or mm -hmm. not increasing by much year on year. This sort of the usual budgeting question comes around, and it's the same as last year. We've got to work with, um, but you know, we see SEO budgets um, uh, rising, buoyant, 
and um, we feel that actually it's a nice segue to make because, as you say, content's at the heart of it. You just need to understand and wrap an SEO understanding around it to, mm. to demonstrate the value from that content a bit more. And to do that, I mean, as you've demonstrated, you you feel that there are technical skills that are important. Hence, you, you've bought a 12-person search agency. Uh, and th- this can't be addressed, presumably, just by hiring you know, a search specialist or or even just hoping that, that you know, your editorial approach will, will bring these results? Um, I think for us it was about speed and just mm-hmm. accelerating our ability to, to be able to do that. We see there's a big opportunity in the market. And, you know, I think that classic sort of solution of hiring one or two people or we'll send a few people on a training course type scenario mm. only, only gets you so far. We really wanted to embed a team of experts within the business that sit alongside our our PR teams, that sit alongside our paid media teams. And actually, it's just one big brainstorm and one big conversation mm-hmm. um, that we now create, which is about how can we best go about solving this client's problem. And, um, you know, I think having having that sort of level of credibility and expertise within the agency is, is really beneficial. Um, I've never been a big believer that you can... I just don't believe, actually, we, and we've done it, we've tried before to train PR people in SEO language and, and, and using the right tools, but there's an inherent sort of inability or um, lack of willingness to really get stuck in mm. when perhaps, you know, we, we, certainly we've, we've got people who've been working in the PR world for maybe five, six years. They're, they become ingrained in the way of doing things and used to doing things, and mm. sometimes you just need to bring in a fresh perspective and fresh people with fresh ideas and different knowledge to actually make things happen and yeah. um, so that's that's why we've made that decision mm. so specialist skills require investment yeah, no, beyond definitely and even the tools that we're using and the language is is different and um and the reporting is different the reporting lines are often different uh, into the client side so um, it's it's pretty rare that you've got a an in-house PR person who's also responsible for SEO. Um, it tends to sort of report into more of a performance marketing, sales, commercial um, type role rather than a, a PR one. Mm. So you you do need to understand the wider language of marketing and sales versus you know the PR PR language. Yeah, you talked a little bit about the issues on the client side where these are sometimes being driven by in-house search teams. Um, now you're obviously running an agency that is, uh, to use a, an overused word, uh, integrated. Um, mm. How integrated though are clients when it comes to these things and how much of a challenge is that? I think it, it's, it seems to vary massively from client to client um, depending on um, certainly their size, um, certainly when you've got, say, smaller businesses where you have a, a sales and marketing director and they don't have a roster of a slew of different agencies for different channels, they, mm. they want one agency or a smaller number of agencies that can understand how to um, behave in different channels, but also where, where the efficiencies are from a sort of content uh, perspective. And uh, so we see there's certainly a sort of sweet spot um, in sort of size of organization which which want a more integrated approach 
perhaps versus those larger agencies that work with a roster of agencies, which, you know, you'll know from talking to other people, it's the most frustrating um, uh, position to be in where actually you're creating artificial silos between mm-hmm. the channels. And actually, how can you now separate uh, social from media relations or PR and, and sort of wider content digital marketing? Yeah. It's It's almost impossible. But you know, I, I do have sympathy for some of those people because they want the experts in those different channels rather than working with an agency that says they can do everything. Mm. I think it's rare that you can get an agency that can do everything. But the, the whole roster approach is is, is certainly not beneficial to um, driving sort of a more holistic view of the channels and efficiencies and getting the best return on investment. Mm. Um, so, yeah, integrated, I mean, masks, you know, I think the word integrated is overused. It's 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 very rare that you do get an agency that truly is integrated. And integrated mm-hmm. means so many different things to different agencies. So right, right. Um, it's it's almost like a meaningless word now. Yeah, indeed. Um, presumably, the, the 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 let's let's try not to use the word integration again. Presumably, the these kind of convergence of public relations and search has the same implications for SEO agencies. I mean, there are lots and lots of search agencies. Um, mm. Are they making similar moves? Are they trying to get better at the content side? Are they hiring PR people? Are they buying PR firms? So um, I, I've, I'm certainly from a UK market perspective. I think I, I've, I've certainly become aware of a couple of um, what I would have called SEO agencies mm. moving more into the PR space. Mm-hmm. And um, they are, you know, joining PR uh, trade industry associations. They're entering PR awards, and 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 to be fair, you could look at some of their work and say, you know, that's a great campaign. And mm-hmm. you know, you just take an objective look at it. You wouldn't know if it came from a PR agency or an SEO agency. Mm-hmm. SEO agency, like any work these days, you know, I see great work from advertising agencies, from media buying agencies, agencies which equally do well in PR. Uh, campaign awards but mm. um, um, there's not been that many of them that have made that transition and I think um, there certainly hasn't been many PR agencies that made the transition uh, the other way into SEO mm. but I think it's easier to make the move from SEO into PR than it is to make the PR into SEO move because you need that grounding and technical uh, knowledge and, and SEO language and I think that's harder for PRs to learn than SEOs to actually become more sort of content led by hiring a couple of more creative people that understand PR. Mm. I think it's easier for to move from SEO to PR than the other way around. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And and presumably the nature of content has changed. You know, what we sometimes think of as good content may not be from an SEO perspective. Mm. And, you know, it kind of speaks to the way people are accessing content and engaging with it nowadays. It's not necessarily how you think they might be, particularly when you look at some of the, the results you get um, you know, via a search filter, I suspect it's quite different. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing to understand about SEO is that they have very different objectives often to to the PR side of the business, and mm. so they their content calendar or their their content um, uh, can be very different and um, isn't necessarily always going to deliver media relations coverage i mean right. it's, it's not it, there are other ways of delivering seo benefit than purely from um you know media relations so um there there are they have very different objectives often and um you know bloggers is becoming uh what is a big part of 
the work we do we do from an SEO perspective, mm. um, as well as as well as from media relations, as, as you know, as well as the um, on-site technical um, uh, work that we do now to to help um, you know deliver better content on the client's page, which has a massive impact from yeah. uh, uh, sure. a Google and search perspective. So it's it's quite a diverse range of objectives that um, are fulfilled from a SEO agency. Mm. But more broadly, from a kind of a, a, a skills perspective, let's say, um, acquisition is, is healthy in the public relations industry, but it does tend to favor um, the same types of skills, um, or at least skills that are more adjacent. So the, the firms that get acquired most often by PR firms are other PR firms, <coughs> firstly. Yeah. Or secondly, they, 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 they are digital firms, but they tend to be more focused on areas like social media content and community management. There still seems to be an aversion to harder technical skills, things that involve algorithms, um, <clears throat> anything that's maybe more uh, numeric. And yeah. I mean, yeah. do you, how, how big of a challenge do you think that is for the, for the public relations industry in general? Um, I think, oh, having been through this process and merged three pipe with a, a digital marketing agency, I, I personally have found it a really challenging um, few years since we've done that, and not just um, from uh, from all aspects actually. I mean, culturally, it's also very different. Mm, you yeah. know, I I now work alongside people that I would never have worked alongside before in another PR agency. And these people are very, very different to to, uh, to me and to people I've worked with in the past. Yeah, you know they they've got very different behaviour. They they don't respond in the same way. They're motivated by different things, mm. and 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 hugely much more diverse culturally in terms of where people are from. You know, mm. I I sit next to a lady from Russia, opposite someone from Estonia. Mm. To my right, there's someone from Lithuania. You know, the, and you know, where do you ever get that in a um, in a PR agency? So cu- culturally, that that's been challenging. Mm. Um, but I have personally, I'm learnt so much, and mm-hmm. um, you know, my own learning has accelerated massively. Where where in comparison, if I just carried on doing what I was doing, I probably would have I've got the skills that would have pro- possibly equipped me for another sort of ten years working in this industry, but. You know, just sitting next to and and talking to and being involved in with with different people discussing different channels and understanding how these things all work together and and, and actually is it really enriched my own personal development mm. and um, you know, but it's quite frightening to a lot of people and um, it's a lot of effort and you have to work hard to understand new ways of of working mm. and I can see why there's a, a big resistance to do that because often it can can seem you know a big task and and actually a lot of this stuff i was talking to someone the other day is that you know people are reading about it but actually there's no substitute for actually getting stuck in and and being immersed in it rather than just reading about it from a textbook or Mm. a white paper or from linkedin or wherever you might get that information from but um you know it, it i think we were fortunate that i found someone who's same age as me the agency was the same size he wanted to merge in because he could see the benefits of of merging from a sort of content uh, perspective and so there was a willingness to do it and I I think it's very rare that the stars are aligned in that sort of way mm. and um, I, I agree that um, there's been very little acquisition I've been surprised that not many more people have done what we've done 
um, but then not surprised because I don't think there, there's, um, there's, a, there's a real there's, a, there's an attitude to risk here which a lot of the agency owners are of a certain age and yep. don't want to um, upset what they've currently got the margins in PR can be still okay mm-hmm. there are still budgets out there to be won it's just whether you want to set your agency on a different course, which is thinking more like five years ahead rather than necessarily the next quarter or next year ahead. Yeah, so, I think um, the, the time frame is really key because I think you're talking about short-term pain with the prospect of long-term gain. Yeah. And most agencies, not just PR agencies, but agencies in general tend to be quite short-term in their thinking. Um, you know, and, and of course... If you if you're publicly owned, you're incentivized based around a short term cycle. So, I think um, that that's a big challenge for agencies. The other one, I think, the other challenge I, I find, I mean, c- culturally, I think you're absolutely right. You hear a lot about um, cultural issues between, let's say, people who are um, digital uh, agency executives, for example, and people who have spent all their careers in in the public relations industry, very different. But there's also a a different, there's also a challenge and and a a difference in terms of the business model. Mm. Um, And how how problematic has that proved for you? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think we're still working on that. And and that is not going to go away, to be honest, because um, certainly on on the digital side of our business, things are evolving and changing all the time. Um, in terms of new channels that we're working in, um, the way that we're compensated for that work um, varies, and there's different margins to be made in different channels. You know, we do uh, we serve a lot of programmatic um, advertising. We we run campaigns in 80 different countries around the world um, through our office in Hoban. Um, so you know, there's there there are there are challenges in making that all come together and and, and understanding you know, how we are doing as one agency versus two or three different separate agencies. And also there are different margin pressures. There are different salary pressures um, across all mm. those different channels too. Um, and, you know, that, that, that is, a, there's a bit of a headache for our financial director mm. um, um, and um, something that I don't see going away because actually, you know, it's just the pace of change and the pace of new technology the, even the investments that we're making on the ad tech side are completely different from the ones we're making on the PR side. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's just trying to balance those things and, and, and make sure that we're running each of those different areas as prof- profitably as we can. Yeah. So, and, and finally, I mean, I think it would be interesting um, to, to get your advice, actually, because let's say you're a, a, a PR agency owner, much like you were, um, Four years ago, you own a, a small to mid-sized agency. What would you say to a, an owner of an agency like that to try and, and persuade that person that they should be making these kinds of investments, should be thinking this way, uh, and taking some of these risks? Well, I mean, I think if they've started their own business, they're obviously entrepreneurial to a certain extent. So, mm-hmm. you know, the risk taking, um, hopefully is, 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 is there, there's a willingness to take a few risks. Um, I mean, I 
can't believe that um, if you if you sit there as an agency owner and you you can see what's happening around you and in everything you read and just your day to day observations of working with clients that you don't think that you need to change things. Mm. And um, I, I'd be amazed to meet anyone who felt that actually, you know, the old ways of doing things were, were, the, were the right ways to, to continue into the future. I think, you know, for, from what I, I see, I think there's this huge threats, but also huge opportunities as well um, to, to those that manage agencies in the, in the PR sector. I mean, I, I things the buzz the buzzwords at the moment like influencer marketing that PRs think they have a right to own I don't believe that's true at all I see that becoming a big paid media channel I see media buying agencies advertising agencies taking over influencer marketing I see social um, pro social communities um, community management um, becoming less about organic reach and, and more about paid distribution of content again mm. From a client perspective, anything with the word paid doesn't become a PR agency uh, piece of work. It becomes their media buying, mm -hmm. uh, media buying agency's piece of work. If if you believe that's true as well and you can see that happening, then you need to change your business model. You need to start bringing in paid expertise. You need to start understanding where the budgets are going and, and actually changing your business model to, to evolve with that because, you know, all these things are happening now and I... I, I always see, uh, and you know, I read, I read as much as I can. I see the PR industry sort of thinking it has ownership of some of these things, and I think that's mm. far from the far from the case actually. And um, I think that complacency complacency um, is quite dangerous actually. When you think you see some of the work that other agencies are doing um, in different sectors in the same space, so um, I think you you have a responsibility to keep learning, to keep changing, to develop your staff. So they have a, a career in five, ten years' time as well, because mm. PR is going to look very different, or yeah. it's going to shrink and just be, you know, um, eroded from from all sides. To all we're left with is is smaller budgets, not flatlining budgets, that are purely based on on reputation and media relations. Mm. And you know, from my perspective, people only pay for reputation when they need it, i.e., when things go wrong. Mm. and um rather than sort of always putting money behind improving reputation and um you know good luck if you just want to chase media relations over the next five ten years that's what i say mm. um i certainly wouldn't be doing that yeah absolutely well fighting words but i think um <laughs> probably uh necessary. What, do, what do you think uh, i mean i well i broadly agree with you I, I think um i think many agencies are aware of this um i think fewer have actually taken, you know, concrete steps and, and are really spending um, to change. But I suspect that's the, that's true of any industry. Um, the, the the majority will, will will find change difficult, and it's a minority that that a small minority that really get to grips with it and will will survive and thrive. Because you know we're we're in an era of, I think, disruption of many industries. So. If you look at it that way, then I guess it's not that surprising. Um, but the complacency is is a little troubling. Um, and you know, we've we've talked about it a lot. We've covered it a lot. We see the trends from the research we do in terms of where the budgets are going, um, mm. and who, which types of agencies are benefiting from them. Um, and you know, I think the onus is on 
as as you say, I think the onus is on public relations agencies to to demonstrate that they can actually adapt to to this new world. Um, yeah, I, I I mean the the changes that we've made to our agency have not been through big financial acquisitions. They've been through you know equity purchases or mergers. So right. um, you know so. There are ways of doing it without actually costing lots of money in terms yeah. of actual going out and acquiring agencies. Sure. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do. There was something out the other day. I was following a PRCA chat, and I think it was someone said the biggest threat that we have is the lack of other PR professionals. There's a there's a sort of a paucity of other PR professionals out there, and I was thinking. Oh my God! This is this is the the opportunity to go and hire different talent and mm. and bring new thinking in and new technical skills. That's not a that's not a, a threat. That's a massive opportunity. But I think people get sucked into hiring other PR people from other agencies, and you just see this merry-go-round of people joining yeah. the yeah. same old agencies. But actually, it's the same old thinking. Yeah, and, it's just the cycle, um, isn't it? Win business, hire people yeah. as quickly as possible. Who can just handle the business without really thinking about what skills are required if you want to grow from let's say a, a, a 15 million dollar agency to a 50 million dollar agency you're not going to get there by doing that again and again no, I, I, th- I think when people leave it's an opportunity to sort of reset the agency structure and look at um, job roles and responsibilities and, and and look at bringing different people in that can take the business in a slightly different direction yeah. So um, just rehiring people is um, from a different agency it doesn't make any sense to me. But um, again, you see it a lot. So, I mean, we, we've just hired someone from a, another media buying agency mm. rather than a PR agency um, because we want to bring a, again another fresh perspective on on a way that we're actually working in social. So yeah. Um, but you have flexibility as well because you're independent, so you can be flexible with your margin to an extent. I think, um, you know, for publicly held agencies, there's always that tension between investment and margin. uh, And that's a challenge for them, as is the fact that they're not necessarily incentivized to develop new skills, because if you're a holding group owner, you have those skills already within the company. So, you know, it's not necessarily in your interest for your public relations firm to bring in data analysts when you have a big data analytics house. Um, yeah, and I, I know I can fully sympathise with being in that position actually, because it really does hold you back. Mm. And um, you know, you are really we're we're competing with any agency now, yeah. not just a, not just the PR agency. Um, you know, I, I get in a position where I can look at decks from other agencies from very different sectors that, and we're all saying the same thing to some extent. Mm. And um, that makes it really hard for a, you know a marketing director. Or, to actually sort of pick what he needs and um you know this as i said this whole roster approach really just doesn't work and we we actually had a um uh, meeting this week with a marketing director who basically said look i just want every agency to be honest about what is their strength right yeah and, and come to me with what that response should look like to this brief and don't try and do everything mm. and um i think that was quite refreshing in a way um because yeah. You know, the media agent, the media agency had said, right, we can do influencer marketing. And of course, we would have said we can do influencer marketing. And another agency would have said we can do influencer marketing. And, you know, where do you go? Yeah. It's, it comes down to trust at the end of the day. Yeah, it's a tough one for clients. We should um, 
should definitely do that on a future podcast, bring in a, a client that's kind of grappling with some of these issues. I do wonder how they, they figure it out. And I suspect a lot of it still comes down to chemistry and, and trust mm. and not necessarily capabilities a lot of the time. And I think a lot of them get burnt. And, you know, we see lots of people appointing agencies and six months later they're looking again because, yeah. Yeah. you know, what, what was promised wasn't actually delivered. Mm. Um, and it's easy to talk the talk and a lot of these things because you can just copy and paste everything mm. into a presentation but actually you really need to have the expertise to be able to deliver it um, yeah and, I, and the other thing is, that's interesting that we've seen is um we're talking about different types of agencies but the consulting firms you know ibm and deloitte and pwc with the the, the acquisitions they've made in the digital space i mean that has to constitute uh, a big threat not just to PR agencies but to, to all of the, the marketing comms agencies yeah I, I think they're um, a massive threat and I think they've been quite clever to a certain extent about how they've built such a sizable entities so quickly but also mm. quite quietly mm. and um, they haven't made a big song and dance about it and um, the most powerful thing they have is obviously access to the C-suite Mm. and um, the, the, the ears of the leadership team and from a consulting perspective and, and being in that position is hugely beneficial when you're sort of recommending programs, channels, um, ways to market. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that, that they are very interesting and I keep a, a close eye on some of that, um, those developments, especially from Deloitte. Yeah. I think that there's some bright people there um, and, uh Effectively, they're behaving like an agency. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but you don't hear about them very often. So. Um, yeah, not not as much as you would expect. Although you're starting to hear about them more. I met with them. Um, I met with the IBM uh, interactive head recently, uh, and just going over the acquisitions they've made and the work they're doing, I was extremely impressed. Uh, and I'm pretty sure AdAge recently ranked. Accenture as it or maybe it was IBM it was certainly those two were at the top of their digital rankings mm. um, so it's kind of maybe maybe it's creeped up on a lot of people but they they definitely need to get used to it yeah ironically we, we work for a couple of them helping yeah of course <laughs> yeah yeah of course they all have agencies of course yeah, yeah indeed well Jim thank you so much for joining us today it's been really interesting and we will of course watch the progress um, of three pipe with interest and hopefully we'll um we'll get you back on here soon absolute pleasure and thank you very much great um we'll be back with another podcast soon just to request to all of our listeners please do rate us on itunes and you can get in touch with us as usual via our website um, you can email us you can find us on twitter and on facebook thank you Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Marketeers 4DC for producing today's show. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. 